0: Thank you so much. It's so good to be back with you, and I do feel a part of the family. I feel privileged to be a part of this family, and we uh, just love the history I have with you. So I think one of God's worst ideas was cold weather and snow. <laughs> um, I don't know what he was thinking. But uh, the, uh, as far as Tuesday night teaching on the voice of God, I love to talk about that, and The greatest statement I can say is, if you look for the spectacular, you'll miss the supernatural. God is always talking to us, but he doesn't yell at you, he doesn't scream at you, there's a still small voice. They that are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. So God hears us, and there's three truths I'd love to just say right here. Number one, God is committed to you. The scripture says, Philippians 1, 6, he that has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Number two, if you work for God, you're going to wear yourself out. God didn't ask you to work for him. He asked you to work in him. In him, we live and move and have our being. If Jesus has paid it all, there's no sweat for you except to start listening to paying attention. How many know there's a difference between listening and hearing? (laughs) Jesus said, "Let let he who has ears to hear hear what the Spirit has to say. Thirdly, God doesn't work for you. He works with you. The disciples went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them. So many are under this thing, well, if, I, if God will work for me, God do it. No, God won't do it, but he will work with you. Um, the devil's ultimate goal is to convince every person that God is not good. Or that we're not good enough to be accepted by God. That is, I believe that. I believe there's, I think there's 8 billion people in the world, if, they, if that includes us in this room, every person God wants a relationship with. The problem is there's 8 billion people in the world and most of us are trying to please two or three. Think about it. But through rebellion, <coughs> Satan lost his place of identity with God for eternity Satan blew it now Satan is trying to do the same to the only part of his creation that was made in God's image so I just want to talk a few minutes about identity theft the number one crime in the world is identity theft the enemy the people out there are working hard to steal your bank information your social security anything to steal your identity it's the number one crime anybody in that business will tell you it's the number one crime in the world most people, we don't know who we are. We know what the Bible says, but we have a difficult time believing it. It's like the gospel, the good news of the gospel is almost too good to be true. You can tell people question their identity when you hear them pray. They pray with a question mark. They, they pray with a unbelief, I suppose. Uh, when I was ordained in 1972, I remember kneeling at, on a chair in the Presbytery came around me, and they prayed over me, and one guy began to prophesy, and he said, "My son, the Lord has given you a ministry of joy." Well, I was fighting so much depression, and I mean, after I was saved, people were giving me literature, but uh, the 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 I was so oppressed, and I wanted to stand up and say, "Brother, you missed it there. I don't have a ministry of joy." But God saw what was inside and God saw the real me. The best description I can give of this is this guy up in Pennsylvania, back around 2000, he went to a flea market and he found a painting and he paid 20 bucks for it and he took it home. Looked like there was something else underneath. He took it to the professionals, they scraped the top latex off. Underneath it was one of the original Rembrandts. It sold at Christie's auction in 2001 for 1.3 million. Of course you had to subtract the 20 bucks but <laughs> <laughs> but the deal is when God saved you he put a Rembrandt in you that's your real identity Amen. everything Amen. else is a lie and a lot of us, even though we, we kind of know who we are, we're covered by a lot of cheap latex. No wonder Jesus told the men after he raised Lazarus from the dead, now loose him and let him go. He's alive, but he's so bound. And a lot of times we know God, we love God, but we're so bound with grave clothes, and God wants to know that is covering our identity. That's covering who we really are. Satan lied to Eve in the Garden of Eden by saying, in, in Genesis chapter 3, he said, has God indeed said you cannot eat of every tree. And of course, Eve quoted back to him, uh, no, God said we can eat of any tree except the tree in the middle of the garden, the knowledge of good and evil, and, or we will die. And Satan lied to her. He said, you will not surely die. And so immediately, for the first time in her life, the enemy caused her to question God's word, which brought insecurity. And I want to tell you, the two roots to every human being, the real root problem in your life is insecurity and inferiority. That's that, and, and that's all about stealing your identity. For God knows that in the day you eat it, you're going uh, to know good and evil. You're going to be wise. And God's been holding out on you, which made her feel inferior. So he, Satan took what was a good thing and made it sound bad. But I want to tell you, that the enemy doesn't like you. He doesn't want you to realize your full potential, and he's out to steal your identity. No wonder it says in Ephesians 6, put on the helmet of salvation, uh, put on the breastplate of righteousness, gird up your loins with truth, have your feet shod with the gospel of preparation of peace, but above all, he says, taking up the shield of faith with which you will have to fight and, and, and resist the fiery darts of the enemy. I want to tell you, the devil is reduced. Jesus said, all power has been given to me. So how much does that leave the devil? The devil has no power. He doesn't function through power. He functions through deception. He functions through lies. And a friend said to me once, he said, the the lie you don't resist becomes the truth to you. And so we find the enemy of our souls constantly throwing darts, trying to challenge your identity. He'll say you're a failure, you're no good, you did this wrong, you did that wrong. And I want to tell you something about your past. Your past doesn't define you. God defines you. That may have been somewhere you've been. You may have been through a financial failure. You may have been through a divorce. You may have been through some kind of tragedy, but that's not who you are. That may be where you've been, but that's not who you are. You are defined by the blood of Jesus. You are defined by what he's accomplished on the cross, and there's nothing left for us to do except get in relationship with God. And I want to tell you, because most of us suffer from identity theft, I, I think not just most, I think all of us do, I think the best thing for any of us is to spend time in God's presence, to just, to just want to get to know God. You know, I believe the greatest sin, if you could define sin in one sentence to me, it always means refusing to take responsibility. It's somebody else's fault. It happened in the garden. Eve blamed the serpent. Adam didn't just blame the woman, he blamed the woman in God, the woman you gave me.
1: So in other words, it's,
0: it's God's fault, it's God's fault, it's always somebody else's fault. But if you want to grow in God, just take responsibility. I've always said for years, when I pray, the first thing I do is plead guilty. That saves 20 minutes right there. And, 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 and so we, we just have to say, God, let, let God be true and every man a liar. I wish Adam would have said, listen, I ate the fruit and it was delicious. And I believe he'd still be in the garden today if he would have just said, God, I, I accept responsibility. Most of us, though, are still trying to cover ourselves with fig leaves. We need our grave clothes removed. Think about pride. Pride is simply the failure to praise. And the lack of praise opens the door to pride. A friend of mine said, he's an older gentleman, he said years ago, once right before I got up to preach, he said, well, Steve, the devil can't do much with humility. That stuck with me all my life. The devil can't do much with humility. So I'd say the two H's for every human being out there, stay hungry for God and stay humble. Ben Franklin, he didn't tell me personally, but he said, nine out of ten men can handle failure, but only one out of ten can handle success. Because our human nature just can't handle it. So we have to stay humble. I was reading this scripture the other day, and I, you've all heard it, but it's in Second Timothy 3, and it says, you've all heard this many times, in the last days, perilous times will come. Isn't that interesting? Now, if you stop reading there, you think the next thing he's going to say is, there's going to be trouble with North Korea. There's going to be trouble with all these terrible events in the world. But what does he say? In the last days, perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of themselves. That's what God calls perilous times. Lovers of money. Lovers of boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders without self-control. That's what God calls perilous times. The way you see yourself determines your identity. That's why you got to see yourselves through God's eyes. How you, where you live, how you look, who you know. And I want to tell you about how you look. This world's standard is appearance and performance. Believe me, that's, that's how the world measures things. That's not how God measures. Who you know, what you, what you do, how much do you make, your title, your degree, what you wear, what you drive, what you base your identity on will either make you or break you. And it's so easy to put our identity in the wrong things. In fact, the greatest blessings can become the greatest curses because they undermine, our, uh, they undermine our reliance on God and become a source of pride. There's nothing wrong with blessings as long as they don't become a source of pride. But I've learned this. The hardest people to minister to are the self-sufficient. I think, God is, I think the Holy Spirit is drawn to weakness. I think he loves weakness because that shows he can do something. Paul said, in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. Passive people have lost their identity. They do that by giving up their identity. Uh, they, they, because they are so insecure, they've given up their identities. They, a passive person will do anything to uh, experience avoid displeasure or uh, disapproval. A passive person has a goal to be liked most of the time we'll give up all or part of their identity just to be liked they withdraw from conflict they leave the room they walk away or even get involved in a time consuming project they also forgive too quickly take the fall too easily accept blame too easily many times they'll turn to addictions aggressive people kind of the opposite they've been hurt when I was writing a book on Jezebel, I've learned that all controlling behavior comes from insecurity. I've been hurt, I've been rejected, so I'm going to attack you before you attack me. I've got to be in control, and I can't be wrong. I cannot be wrong. If, you're, if you are around a Jezebel, you'll always notice that. The number one problem is they can't be wrong. It's scary, because when you're in God, who cares? So Our identity is in him. Um, David is such an example because he was so familiar with just getting to know the Lord. He was a man after God's heart, but out there as a young boy, he must have been just enthralled with fellowship with God because when he came to check on his brothers, he, he was appalled by the atmosphere of fear. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that would dare to taunt the armies of the living God? Right away, there was somebody there to rip off his identity. Eliab, his older brother, said, I know what you did. You just came down here to see the battle. I know the pride and insolence of your heart. There's always somebody there to steal your identity. They're trying to define you. Don't let them define you. That may be something you did, but that doesn't define you. Saul defined him. He, you're a young man. He's been a, he's been a warrior since his youth. Goliath defined him. He called him bird food. There's always somebody else there. The enemy will use people to steal your identity. I want to tell you, it's the most important thing I could say to you. If you'll start knowing who you are in God, and I really believe the best thing to do is just spend time in God's presence, spend time in His Word, because the greatest thing. And I, I jotted down a few of these and I'll stop with this, but, uh, you, you know, who are you? You say, well, I'm, I live in Chicago. No, that's not who you are. It's where you live. I'm a teacher. No, that's not who you are, that's who you do, who, who you, who, what, what you do. I have a master's degree, I have a doctorate degree. That is not who you are. I live in a 4,000 square foot house. That is not who you are. I drive a brand new car. I'm a member of Christian Life Church, no. I'm a mother, I'm a father, I'm a daughter, I'm a grandfather, I'm a mother. Those are all roles you play, but that's not who you are. Who are you? You're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. That's who you are. And when that becomes a reality, everything else fades away. Now, um, I've I've learned this um, probably the hard way, but the number one, I just jotted down a few things that steal our identity. Number one, condemnation. The, the devil is always accusing you. And you, you know, here's what I've noticed: the devil is wanting you to agree with him. In other words, the devil's looking for agreement. But guess what? God's looking for agreement. So we have to learn who we're going to agree with. When the devil lies at you and says you're a failure. Disagree with him. Challenge the lie. Tell him, not only am I not a failure, I'm going to replace it. I have a, God has a, his hand on me, and he's got great things planned. So, condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation, Romans 8.1, to those who are in Christ. Revelation 12.10, now salvation and strength in the kingdom of God, the power of Christ have come for the accuser of our brother who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. They overcame him with the blood of the Lamb. The word of the testimony did not love their lives to death. Number two, unworthiness. The greatest stronghold in the body of Christ is unworthiness. It's a lie. Because you are, have been made worthy not by something you've done, but by what he did. And we've got to get that truth. Because any, if you feel unworthy, you know, if, without, without faith it's impossible to please God you have to please God with faith, then how are you going to have faith if you think God's upset with you or you think God's disappointed with you or you, or, or you think God looks at you in a distorted way? I think personally God could care less about our past. Jesus said to Peter, let down your nets for a catch. And Peter said, we've been out here all night because he immediately brought up history. We've been out here all night, history. God's not talking about your history. He's talking about your destiny. Wow. So unworthiness, remember when that miracle happened? Mighty miracle, so many fish got in the boat. They had to get the guys from the other boat to help them. Both boats were gonna sink. What did Peter say? Get away from me, I'm a sinful man. A lot of us say that, even though we've known God for years, something in our subconscious says get away from me, I'm not worthy. We're more conscious of our sin nature than we are of what he's done. True. Number three problem, shame. Everybody has shame. They say the only people that don't have shame are psychopaths. How many psychopaths? No, the, the shame of being different or the condemnation, the disgrace, the embarrassment, the guilt, the hatred, the humiliation, illegitimacy, self-accusation, self-condemnation, self-hate, self-pity, sexual sins. We all have to deal with shame, but it'll steal your identity. The number four, the fear of being exposed. Most of us have learned to present an alternate self. If we came from poverty or dysfunction, whatever, then we build a persona. We're trying to cover that, but that's not who we are. We try to hide behind that. You're still that wounded person. You've, co- you've done what you've done to cover that inadequacy. We all try to compensate. But God is the God of authenticity. He doesn't anoint fakes. <laughs> and he's certainly got, not going to imitate somebody you emulate he wants to anoint you. He wants the real you. At the end of your life, God's not going to say, Why weren't you more like him? Why weren't you more like her? Why didn't you do more like Billy Graham? He's going to say, Why weren't you more like you? Why didn't you just become authentic and let me be authentic with you? Wow. Paul said, You know, the bottom line is peace knowing who you are. Be content in who you are. I might have an odd-shaped head, but I, that's who I am. You know, there's such a freedom in not having not have to live under some other persona. We can just be ourselves. Nothing against degrees and nothing against accomplishments, but that's not who you are. Who you are is a Son of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, uh, my favorite, you've heard me say this probably many times, but my favorite preaching story is the two guys at lunch, they opened their lunch pails and they're going to have lunch together at the construction site. And one, he saw it was bologna. He said, Man, I hate bologna. I get so sick of bologna. I just, bologna, the smell of it disgusts me. The guy with him said, well, why don't you have your wife make you something else? And he said, well, I'm not married. (laughs) And and so, most of the baloney in our lives is our own doing. (laughs) But we complain, complain, complain. Wow. Number four is the fear of being exposed. Number five is rejection. Rejection is probably the biggest wound all of us have. In some way we've been rejected. It could have been when you were still in the womb. But but the logical thing is to have emotions about that, but you have charge of your emotions. Emotions are a gift from God, but they're a liar if they're not put in their proper place. So we have to say, though, I'm feeling these emotions, but that's not who I am. And so you're free. You're free. So I told you about the tradition my wife and I have when we go out to eat. I always order for her. And the reason I do is because it's so difficult for her to yell across the car into the speakerphone. uh, (coughs) uh, My wife says, I eat like a bird. A vulture. Um, Anyway, I'm just trying to lighten you up. But this morning I felt this, and I just challenge you today, you don't become a victim, but I want to tell you, the enemy of your soul doesn't want you to know who you are. We have to examine the Word. Really, when you examine the Word, we really don't examine it, it examines us. But, but we have to spend more time in the Word, we have to spend more time in the presence of God. Amen. Because I know what it is, I... I I have suffered from such condemnation. I'm a failure, I'm this, I'm that. And those are lies because it's an assault started all the way in the garden to put insecurity and inferiority in every one of us. Because God is good. And he's always been good. And yet, you know, people get scared when the word of prophecy is like, God's going to expose something. There's nothing in the Holy Spirit's mind to expose you. In fact, he wants to promote you. But he's not promoting your flesh, he's promoting the purpose of God in you. This morning when I woke up, I felt like God's saying today he's going to break people that have been, uh, the, 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 a lot of people have been under physical attacks, just physical attacks. And I, I felt this morning, the Holy Spirit's just going to break it. Yes. So if you've been under physical attack, maybe you've been in a cycle, you can't get better. I feel like the Holy, the Holy Spirit this morning has given a blue light special. He's going to, he said, I'm going to break it. If you'll receive it, I'm going to break that and your body's going to get, begin to improve. So if that pertains to you, let's all just raise our hands. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for freedom. We thank you for freedom from physical attacks. Lord, I pray for every one of my brothers and sisters that 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 evil attack of the enemy, that attack against their body, the, the pain, the arthritis, the dysfunction, whatever it is, it's broken in Jesus' name. And Lord, we know we're going to hear good reports, good reports from every person, every person. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There's somebody that's had a, what I, I saw here in the spirit, you've had a racing heart. Your heart just beats real fast, and, and it kind of gets out of rhythm, but God is touching you today, and we don't have time to lay hands on people, but but if that's you, just receive and embrace. There's somebody else that you have a real serious acid reflex. The Holy Spirit told me he's healing it today, so if that's you, just grab just grab a hold, because it's from the Lord. It's from the Lord. We agree with you. and. It's not my prayer that does it anyway. It's the fact that the Holy Spirit is is speaking. And there's somebody that's been under confusion, torment. It's kind of like what you said this morning. There's somebody just, you're just under a barrage of torment and confusion. It's a lie, it's a lie, it's a lie. And you're walking out of here with peace. You're walking out of here with peace. And God's going to, I'll tell you, whoever this is, I feel like you're just walking out of a wilderness. Things are changing this very day. Wow. Wow. So I felt so strongly God's really just doing a powerful healing in somebody that you have a neck issue. If I ask you to come up, probably a lot of people would come up, but let's just thank God for healing. There could be ten people here with neck issues. Today's your day. So, God, we just receive, we receive, we receive, we receive, we receive. The healing. Of anyone having a neck struggle, whether they've had a broken neck, whether they've had a stiff neck, whether they've had a no matter what's gone on, we trust you that those necks are being healed today. Glory to God, glory to God. I keep hearing this for you today that God is going to order your steps. And the Holy Spirit, your first name is Growth. The Holy Spirit is giving you guidance. And there's something he's going to do that's going to make your way so smooth. So you be at peace and you be blessed. I heard this for Damon. I've never cared for him, but I, I heard uh, the Lord saying he's going to open quality doors more than ever before. Just, I, it's just so sweet. I hear this that a year from now, there's going to be so many changes You're gonna look back and say, "I hardly recognize my life." Praise God. I was watching Fred walk across here, which discouraged me a little bit. But, but uh, he, as you're walking by here, that you don't want to hear this, but but I heard this, this sentence through me. He said, "He's gonna be busier than he's ever been." But you know what? You're going to have more fun than you've ever had, too. So God's got some things He's going to do with you. It's a shame you didn't leave the room a while ago. So, uh, but anyway, God is a good God, and the devil's a bad devil. And God has nothing but good intentions for you. The devil's an excellent liar. He's distorted. And he's throwing, he's just throwing these fiery darts all the time. But I want to tell you, get in the presence of God and say, God, define me. Define me. Let me know who I really am. Wow. It's such a freedom. I just pray that just soaks in today. Because it's been real to me. I can tell you out of experience. My whole battle in life has been against my identity. And once you know who you are, you're not hiding behind anything. You're just you. I was with a pastor once, and he said, no, I'm apostle, prophet. He had all these long titles. He said, how would you like me to address you? And I said, Steve? You know, because I don't, you know, that's who I am. I'm I'm Steve. And God can use me however he wants. But we're all the same. I'm not a prophet. I, don't, I, don't have, I hate titles anyway. But one thing I know, just like you, it's possible to hear the Holy Spirit, and it's possible to be led by the Spirit, and it's possible to hear His voice daily, and Amen. it's possible to be able to respond as, as long as you're not trying, doing it out of pride, but you're just saying, I just want to walk with God. Thank you, Lord. Wow. Let me... I get drawn to people, but my sister back here... Um, Your name is Teresa. Teresa. I just feel this tremendous compassion, but Lord, I just bless Teresa today. I bless her that you count her worthy, you count her righteous, and Holy Spirit, just be released. I feel this release from him that he is going to take what is so negative and take what is so frustrating and he's going to turn it into good. And you're not going to just walk with God, you're going to run with God. Thank you Lord, thank you Lord. Man, I feel such compassion from God for you. I don't know what you're going through but it's going to change. Thank God, thank God, thank God. So we serve a wonderful God, a wonderful Holy Spirit. Sweet, sweet God. Sweet God. I got a couple minutes here. I'm just going to hang loose here for a minute. There's somebody that you're having major issues concerning the IRS you're not in love with them Uh, there's some big bill that is overwhelming to you and I just feel the Holy Spirit saying he's going to help you and there's going to be a way God's going to get you out of this and so whoever it is just receive from God just receive from him again lift your hands and think, Holy Spirit we just thank you we just sumble ourselves before you. I ask for every one of my brothers and sisters today that you will just heal. God, let us have our identity. Show us how to get this these grave clothes off. Show us who we are in you. And Holy Spirit, we determined to seek your face. We determined to let the Word tell us who we are and believe the Word. We don't want to pray with a question mark anymore. We don't want to pray with not knowing who we are, we want to pray with confidence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I've just been feeling that same. You guys just stick out like a sore thumb to me, but we just I just bless my brother and sister. I just bless them. There's a there's some unusual thing I keep hearing that the Lord's going to give you treats this year. And Lord we just thank you for the flow of your spirit in their lives. You guys do more good than you realize. That's what I hear the Holy Spirit saying. And so Holy Spirit, just bless them. Let the water flow faster. Let the river of God flow more. Let them be so conscious, conscious of what you're doing and aware. I just see God letting you in on things. Just letting you in on things. So praise God. Wow. Hallelujah. Sweet Holy Spirit. Sweet Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Glory to God. I got a couple of minutes here. I'm just messing around. But uh, what's your first one? Missing. Yes, yes, Lord, we thank you today for missing. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in her life. And Lord, we thank you that, you, you know, it's like you're uh, stuck, you're hurting, but the Holy Spirit is moving you forward, and you're going to hear. The good news that comes from him and you're going to you're going you're gonna to feel so healed inside so Holy Spirit we thank you for everything you're doing in Missy's life thank you Jesus thank you Jesus and I want to pray for my brother here your first name Brent. Brent Lord we thank you for Brent we thank you Lord you know I feel your heart is so devoted to the Lord and it's, it's so devoted to, to be everything he wants you to be and uh, your influence is going to grow I, I just see I see all these people following you. They're following the Christ in you. In other words, the impact you're going to have on a lot of souls in your life. You're gonna you're gonna lead a lot of people to the Lord, and you're gonna you're gonna pour into a lot of people. I just see that. So you you know it's true. But Lord, I just thank you for Brent and I thank you for all that you're doing for him. Praise God. I just feel. You're another dude that I feel compassion for. Your first name is? John. Lord, we bless John today. We just thank you for what you're doing in his life. I, I just, all morning, I feel like you're, you're beginning a new phase in your life. There's a, there it's just like a brand new season. And you're just to, um, just welcome the Holy Spirit every day. Just welcome him every day because I see the Lord just leading you and it's like he's excited about what he's doing in your life John so we thank you Lord Whew. the Holy Spirit you know he's going to give you everything you need as you pursue him he's going to give you everything you need sweet Holy Spirit thank you I'm not sure what that means except that it's whatever whatever you run into as you're following God it'll be provided praise God thank you Lord So, God's an encourager. I just pray you hear this today. The greatest battle in my life, and I've been around a while, is the enemy stealing my identity. And I'm not going to let him get away with it anymore. And I challenge you the same thing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I feel such a spiritual strength and a physical strength in you, Jerry. And uh, you are going to, you're going to be in sync, not just with God, but with people. In other words, God's going to maximize everything he does with you. It's going to be fun. And I, I keep seeing this strength, this unusual strength, physically and spiritually, flowing through you. The best part of your life, you're moving into it. Praise God. Yes, yes, yes. Hallelujah. I know a lot of you don't like her, but I do. I like her a lot. (laughs) Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for Jamie today. I thank you, Lord, for his life. And I thank you, Lord, for the, the path he's on, that he's in pursuit of you. And I see the Lord working with you, and I see him tearing down strongholds. And there's something that is getting so settled in you And and like I always say, I love the scripture of God before me, then who can be against me? And God is for you. I just see a new resolve. I see God giving you new eyes to see. Your thinking's been too small. You're going to think bigger. And you're going to see through the the, the, the eyes that God has for you. Praise God. Lord, I thank you for this anointing that's on my brother. I thank you, Lord, for this call on his life. I thank you, Lord, that you'll sort things out quickly and just make him see. You know, I'll tell you, there's a Rembrandt inside this guy. And there's such a call of God here. There really is. There's such a call of God here. And I I just feel the Holy Spirit saying, I'm going to help you to get where you need to be. And he's going to shortcut things. I feel like he's just going to give you some shortcuts. Praise God, praise God. Sweet Holy Spirit. So whew, feel that compassion of God. It's always hard to stop, but we're gonna I want you to come Tuesday night. We're gonna flow and go. And don't you appreciate the Lord? So good to us. Everybody say it with me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For the blood of Jesus, for the blood of Jesus. That, makes my identity. that makes my identity. Everything you did was enough.